TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Your official station to talk Giants, The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Ben Simmons sucks. What's he searching for? Exactly. I didn't even hear you say it. I was reading something. I was reading a tweet and Fleet goes, oh, Marcos, he's uh, going to be searching a while. Oh, he's going to be searching a lot for I'm like, he what happened? patience. He's rusty. Yeah. He hasn't played in 18 months. I do think, though, now you, you're a Knicks fan, obviously, Knicks but fan, do, yeah. you, do you get into the Nets? Do you think the yeah, Nets yeah. are going to be good this year? Uh, I, yeah, eventually. Look, I don't think they're going to have a monster regular season. It could take them a little bit, but in the playoffs, they might be a problem if they're healthy. Yeah, I think it's easy now to be like, oh, look, they suck again yeah, to start, no. but it's coming. They are going to. You have Durant. You have Kyrie Irving. They're actually on the floor every night, and Ben Simmons is. He is what he is, but he's still a defensive good player. You, you can find a good role and get Harris back and get him shooting well. They, they got enough pieces. Am I? Now, I usually like picking on Simmons, but I'm almost feeling badly for him. He's such, he's hated, he's made fun of everywhere now. He's a mess. I'm, yeah, I, I feel bad for the dude. Now, a lot of uh, it he brings on himself. I get it. Most of it he brought on himself. I'd have been okay with it for a while, but like most of this he brought on himself. I so, guess. I can't respect that he doesn't want to play and doesn't want to show up for work. Uh, that's he, part he, of it. Yeah, and also, I mean, look, the one thing they said when you were coming out of college, like, you couldn't shoot, and he decided to just never shoot. Instead of getting better at it, right. uh, I'm just going to go into a shell and just never do No, work on your game. Can you imagine that? It's like a, a talk show host who can't talk. Like, a basketball player who can't shoot. How do you, how do you have that? <laughs> what did Fleek say? I don't think you want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know he's not talking about me, but... <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, isn't that he's a basketball player that can't shoot? Well, then, look, he's got a lot of pieces to his game. I get it; it's a liability. You're not a great shooter. You don't have to be great, but like, can you just knock down a shot every once in a while? I mean, can you work on that? Yeah, you got uh, other things to do other than to get in the gym. Like, what, what else you got going one on? One thing to actually shoot and actually take a layup. Like, he can't he can't shoot free throws. He doesn't take layups. He just doesn't want to put the ball up in the air. That's so it. you know, I mean, what are you, Dikembe Mutombo? You just yeah. hanging on the other side? Like, By the way, doing? you reminded me. Did you see Bull? Bulls son or Manute Bulls son Bull Bull out there on the uh, who the Knicks beat tonight Magic uh, Magic yeah no I didn't notice Bull Bull he dude it's bizarre you remember Manute oh yeah of course I did a book report on Manute Bull in ninth grade I want to say was it eleventh grade it might have been eleventh grade book report yeah Manute Bull what he knocked down a couple of threes and he blocked shots a, what do you do? Book, yeah it was a book on him his size <laughs> and everything I don't know they told me I have to do a book report I'm like all right well this book looks good Manute. <laughs> He's 16 pounds. He's seven foot seven. He can knock down a three and he blocks some shots. Malusis <laughs> and I met him once in Vegas at Pure Nightclub in Vegas. And that's a guy that when you see, like you know who it is right away. Well, he's seven seven. That's I would what think I mean. he's gonna stand out. Yeah, no? exactly. He did. I was like, oh my God, Minute Bull. We got a picture <laughs> of him. He's looking the other way. He's a train. How would you think it was a picture of him and your Yeah, well, also around his waist. <laughs> no joke. It's me and Moose. I got to get the picture somewhere. <laughs> it reminded me. I, I wish I had it on my phone, but I didn't. But when I saw his son playing, I was like, oh, my God, Manute. I used to love Manute because he was you know, huge. There's so many odd pictures. But Moose and I, yeah, basically hugging his waist. <laughs> and and all you see is his chest. <laughs> yeah. You barely see his head. And he's, like, looking away. Like, and then I, afterwards, years later, I felt bad. Like, I mean, he must get... Or he must have gotten that from everywhere, right? Well, again, yeah, he can't hide. That's it, which is a shame. And you talk about regular everyday life. Yeah, he can't hide. There's no way. And, no, and everything's got to be uncomfortable. People want to take pictures. Yeah, right. Shower, house, like everywhere you go has got to be uncomfortable. I mean, who, who's got anything set up for you know the eight foot guy to walk in the room? Dude, seven seven. I mean, you got to have a car made for you, no? You remember? Yeah, I mean, I would think. Uh, you got to be driving in the back seat. Car, like how the hell? Do you yeah, get, right. Beds. Yeah. With doorways. Well, I, I did what see a, a hard thing life with that Andre be. the Giant. Yeah. They said, like, you know, all the showers, they were at his chest. Like, that sucks. Yeah, I can't even imagine that. I've heard stories that Andre used to have to use the bathtub as a, yeah. you know, essentially a toilet. Yeah, when he was on a plane, he would take two seats. I mean, yeah, he was obviously a large man. Manute legitimately almost eight 
feet. Like Andre was just a big, you know, five hundred whatever pounder. Right, right, right. I don't know how tall he was. I think he was seven four. If I remember. Was he? Yeah, yeah. No, Andre was huge. The eighth wonder of the world. Yeah, that he, I remember. That. Were you a big wrestling guy? Uh, back then I was. Yeah. Oh yeah. I stopped watching. Uh, I always kind of joke it was like the Doink the Clown era. I just kind of stopped watching. Not because I was like, oh, I got old. I right. just it, it wasn't. It was boring me. I'm with you. I consider myself an expert from like eighty five or eighty six through like ninety two. Uh, that's basically exactly the time. Yeah, that Marco, <laughs> let's do the podcast. I think we had. I think I had WrestleMania from like four through eight or nine. Like right. every pay per view event I had on VHS, I would buy them and then tape them. Love and it. like watch them again and over and over. Oh, there was nothing better going in the the local tape store and just renting whatever yeah. SummerSlam or WrestleMania. I think and- I stole WrestleMania too from like Palmer Video <laughs> back in the day. And never gave it back. <laughs> <laughs> Might be worth something now, by the way. I don't think I have that oh, stuff anymore. A lot of know. that stuff goes for, depending on the condition, you throw it up on eBay. I got a chat. I don't think I have any VHS tapes anymore. Oh, I'm man, pretty sure I don't have the VCR. Yeah. I don't know if I dusted one off in the garage. I doubt it. But, dude, you remember the like pictures with him and Spud Webb, Minute and Spud Webb? It's yeah. just incredible that that guy, Fleas, do you remember Minute Bowl at all, or he's way too, you're, you're way too young? So him. I'm too young to remember him playing, but I'm familiar with him. I do remember Muggsy and Spud Webb. There a you go, bit. right. Yeah, I mean, it's always the size, but seeing Ball Ball. Again, but that that was the thing that was late in his career, right? When he used to dock down a three? Because Manupo used to seriously just stay on the defensive side. He wouldn't even come up the floor. You play four on five. I don't remember. a lot of that. He did a lot of that. He'd just hang back because there was no point. Who else did he play with? I know Washington, they were the Bullets at the time, right? Yeah, he bounced around a little bit at the end, though. Minute Ball. I don't remember. And then I feel like I should know I did the book report, but no. He would come up late. Like, he would be kind of slow to get up the court. And every once in a while, they would penetrate. He'd be wide open, kick it to him for a straightaway three, and he would knock it down. And it was like, oh, man, <laughs> if he can add a three to his game, woof, right. he's going to be unstoppable. Stretch the floor. They love him now. <laughs> In today's now day, he'll yeah. probably be perfect. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. Um, where were we? 877 337 Matt is calling from Orlando. What's up, Matt? Uh, that's a, a great timing. Uh, congrats on the win, Knicks fans. Um, oh, you're a Magic fan? I, I think I think I heard more talk uh, from you guys about the Magic than I'm hearing on local sports radio down here. What do they talk about in Orlando? What's the sports talk down there, especially if they're not talking Magic? Right now, it's it's UCF and, and what's wrong with the Bucks. To be honest with you, ah, the Bucks. Okay, <laughs> yeah. But but anywho, yeah. Now I'm from the area, Giants. Giants, Yankees fan. I grew up in Connecticut, so I like the UConn. Didn't really jump onto the Knicks or Nets or anything. But besides the point, um, what I, what I wanted to say, and thanks Sal for taking my call. Um, if you told me uh, from up to like the All Star break, the way the Yankees are playing, the way the Mets were playing, that in the middle of October, towards the end of October, we'd be talking about Giants Jets. I would have laughed. I wouldn't have believed you. It's 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 insane. I, I was at the the Giants Jacksonville game yesterday, and it looked grim there for a second. But the fourth quarter, just the the sea of blue, and the way this team keeps coming back with with the injuries. I mean, even the team healthy, I, I wouldn't have been super confident in and. It, it was it was like nothing I ever seen. That last stop, I'm seeing Jacksonville going down the field. I'm like, oh boy, the party's over. Here we go. And and, and just the way the Giants fans like seeing the bench throwing their arms up in the air, waving the towels, was unlike anything I'd ever seen. I really don't have any questions or, or anything. Yeah, like no, it's. Cool. I mean, yeah, I'm assuming you didn't go on the uh, the pool portion of the Jacksonville Stadium. There, did you get one of those seats where you could go swimming? I, I tried. Apparently, it was thousands of dollars. Uh, really? To get to the pool area. Yeah, that's that's what I've been told from some friends down here that hmm. that have gone to multiple Jacksonville games. It would be thousands of dollars to get into the pool area. Yeah, Jacksonville looked. I mean, ETN looked uh, tremendous. I wasn't impressed with Lawrence, but the Giants played another sound, solid football game. It is impressive, and they travel well. And thank you for the call, Matt. We appreciate you listening, and I appreciate you checking in. The and look, I mean, whether you doubt them or not, and the odds for that game were so bizarre. You know, I was even texting with my buddy Jimmy Trana of Sports Illustrated, and he's like, man, how are the Giants getting three points? It just doesn't make any sense. And I was like, yeah, well, that line's begging you to take the Giants, so what am I going to do? Take the Jacksonville Jaguars, probably. That's what you would do in that spot. At least I would with the betting mind. 
Well, if it looks too obvious, usually it is. Well, not in this case. In this case, it was not. Giants are better. And I don't know how you fake six and one. I know their schedule has not been the strongest, but look what Chicago did, for example, to New England last night. Tennessee is a solid football team. I mean, Tennessee's four and two. To win on the road in Tennessee to start the season, that's an impressive win. Green Bay, the Giants started that trend. Green Bay was up big at the half, looking like, you know, the Packers. Baltimore, the fact that the Giants beat the Ravens in the fashion that they did. Again, I know they're only 4-3 and three Baltimore after their win this week, and I know Lamar Jackson you know, made a stupid mistake throwing the football. It was the only way the Giants could get back into the game like that. But still, I mean, the Giants have had impressive wins here. Even if they were five and two, even if they were four and three, we'd be like, oh, you know what? Giants, an impressive start. Six and one, that's more legitimate than we are giving them credit for. And I know a lot of people now are starting to jump on the bandwagon and loving Brian Dable and have been with Dable for weeks. But Daniel Jones, see, what they're doing is they're learning and they're winning in the process. A lot of times you learn, you improve, you grow. And you have growing pains. You have some losing to go along with that. Be nice to get a win every now and then just to feel good as you learn. But the Giants have done way more than that. I mean, they're winning almost every game that they play. And getting better. You watch this football team. They have gotten better every single week. Daniel Jones in particular. Maybe getting more comfortable in the offense. Knowing what he needs to do to win football games. Not just trying to put up numbers. The Giants are coaching football games to win the game. Not enough coaches do that. They coach and try to, you know, have a fancy offense or explosive attack and all this. Instead of just playing the game, it's went or or coaching the game the way it's meant to be coached and played. Well, that's why I love Dable. He's a a throwback. He's a, a good coach. An actual coach. I, hard to believe they're six and one, but they are legit. Mike is calling from Bayonne, New Jersey. What's up, Mike? Hey, Bill Sal. How are you? Good, Mike. Sal, how are you? I like to make a comment. I like to give your feedback on it, and you can give me thirty seconds or ten seconds right after you make your comment. Okay. First of all, Cashman has to be accountable. But I truly believe that Hal Steinbrenner, we're talking about the Yankees in particular, that the analytics people make the trades. They have input on who to trade, who not to trade. They, they control everything for the man, for the most part. And also, they send the lineups down from the front office down to the manager. What do you think about that? So you're saying that Cashman and his front office are the ones who are responsible for the lineup, and what else? No, what I'm saying, the analytics people from Mr. Steinbrenner, from Hal Steinbrenner, gives Brings it down to Cashman. Cashman brings it down. No, to I, I think that there. I don't think that that's how it works. I, I don't think Hal is okay. that involved in the day-to-day operations. I would assume that there's an analytics department that is right. obviously it's uh, you hate to say separate uh, department, but whatever the analytics department, and then they bring that info to Brian Cashman and the baseball people and Aaron Boone, and there are recommended lineups. There are. You know, recommended pitchers for certain hitters and lanes and this and that and every data and analytical thing that you could possibly think of. All of that. I believe that there's all that. Okay. All right. Sal, this is just the very last thing is I, I'm the guy who called you a couple of things about the Red Sox fan that says that the 2018 anniversary of the Red Sox comeback. Mm-hmm. And you called, you said I tweaked the Yankee fan. Yeah, that but, night you called after they were losing, but it was different. It was in the. No, no, no. I understand that. But here's what I want to say you are the king of all tweakers. Nobody tweaks more than you and better than you. Well. You <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you're saying the Yankees or you're saying in general? No, no, I'm saying Sal Licata. Right. You tweak. I mean, the, your, the sweep. Sweet, you know, all that right. stuff. Well, I mean, I, I, mean that's that, just a, yeah. Yeah. I know, I get it. I get what you're saying. And by the way, did you, did you see, Mike, that they, the Yankees, decided to show the video of the 2004 yeah, season? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I'm sure that as a Red Sox fan, that brought a smile to your face. Oh, indubitably. Indubitably. I mean, think about how embarrassing, and thank you for the call, Mike. Think about how embarrassing that is. And the Yankee fan doesn't want to hear it. Like, it's not embarrassing. No, that's embarrassing. 
the organization that you root for actually thought it was a good idea. Their brain trust thought it was a good idea to send videos around after being down 0-3 to remind the Yankee players that the Yankees once had a 3 nothing lead on the Red Sox and the Red Sox came back and then told the media about it. Like they were proud of it. Hey, you know what? Our mental coach is really trying to get our guys to believe. You know how smart we are? Look at this. You'll never believe this. We sent out videos. Get this. No other team would ever do this. We sent out videos to get our players pumped up from the Red Sox comeback when they were down 0-3 in 2004. You believe that? How smart. Our guys found that our mental coach went and said, you know what? This would be a good idea. This can be done. Let's show them that it can be done. Let's have them believe. Go get the tapes from 2004 and show them. Red Sox came back from down 0-3. I mean, they did it against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Maybe we could tie that in somehow as well, but you're not going to believe how how smart our guys are. I mean, think of how dumb you have to be to think that that's a good idea. That would be like the Mets this year going into the wild card round saying, hey, guys, you know what? Sweeps can happen. And you know how I know sweeps can happen? Check out this video clip right here. And showing the three games in Atlanta the week before. Look at this Braves team. You see what they did right here? Tattooing DeGrom and Scherzer and Bassett. Sweeps can happen. Even the best pitchers can be beaten. You know, like the Mets are going up against you, Darvish, Blake Snell, and Musgrove. You know what, guys? Best pitchers can be had. Check out this series from a week ago where Scherzer, DeGrom, and Bassett got lit up in Atlanta. What do you think of that? I mean, that's the equivalent. It just gets worse and worse with the Yankees. Showing the current Yankee players highlights of one of the worst Yankee moments in their history. The season that turned everything around for the Boston Red Sox. Wow. Wow. What genius came up with that? Angelo is calling from Florida. What's up, Angelo? Hey, Sal. How you doing? Hi, Angelo. All right, listen. You know, we know the deal with the running back with the Jets with the injury, and they just signed this guy. But I was wondering what you thought. Oh, they traded for Robinson from the Jaguars you're talking about. Right, I saw that. But I was wondering what you thought about an offensive lineman replacement for Tucker. It looks like there's Jack Conklin from Cleveland and there's Laramie Kunsel that are like a move could be made if they if they give up draft picks. I wonder what you thought about either one of those. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into the specifics of it, but I know the Jets have a couple of guys coming back that have been banged up uh, that on that offensive line that they're high on. I mean, look, if they traded for an offensive lineman, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Here's the problem. You're not going to replace Elijah Vera Tucker. So there's no way to do that. He is arguably their best player. And when you look at what he meant to that team, it's very difficult for the Jets to be able to replace that. Now, they have Fant, who should be coming back, who they're high on. Mitchell as well, another guy who they're high on. And maybe they can try to replace what they would lose from Vera Tucker. But if I would have told you coming into the year, Elijah Vera Tucker and Makai Becton are going to be done for the year, you would say, well, we're screwed on the line. So we'll see if the Jets can somehow figure it out and piece it together. But I know they like Fan, and if he could come back, that would at least be a positive addition to that line. Look, these are two... Big injuries for the Jets. Bad injuries. And I know Brees Hall is going to get a lot of the attention, but those of us who know, Elijah Vera Tucker is the bigger loss. Harder to replace. Hey, But I do trust Joe Douglas. Look, he's shown to be aggressive. They don't out there. Got a running back right away. That should help. Robinson was good with Jacksonville. One healthy. I was reading that he has a little bit of a knee issue. ETN has taken off, so maybe that limits what Robinson can be. They give up a essentially fifth-round pick, I think, or it's going to turn to a fifth-round pick. If Robinson hits a certain yardage total, which he's you would hope he gets, 
I, I like that move. And I trust Joe Douglas moving forward. He has been, I mean, Joe Douglas doesn't just make trades. He rips people off when he makes trades. But I, I like the aggression that Joe Douglas and the Jets are showing here. That they believe they're going for it. They're going for a playoff spot. Can you imagine if we get both the Jets and the Giants in the postseason? It still doesn't hit me that that's a realistic possibility, but right now it's more than realistic. Now, a very long way to go. I get it. But it's more than realistic. That should be expected at this point. We need your second opinion. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. On the fan, room for safeties this season with your friends at Superbook Sports. If you bet with Superbook this football season, they will give you a $50 bonus if a safety is scored on a Sunday. From a punter running out of the end zone to the plain old QB sack worth two points, root for chaos and win money with Superbook this fall. Download the Superbook New Jersey app right now and start rooting for two with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler, 877-337-6666. I was just reading, you know, scrolling through the old Twitter during the break because got nothing better to do and waiting for the commercials to end so I could talk to you guys. See a report here. The Nets reportedly rank dead last in season ticket sales in the NBA. This is according to, let's see, I guess the New York Post. Nets have sold around 5,500 season tickets for the Barclays Center, which holds about 17,000, a little over 17,000. Last year, the team sold, according to this article here from the Post, they sold between 8,000 and 9,000 season tickets. So not quite a a drop-off of half, but about that. Uh, Sources close to the team did not dispute the figures, but added they rely more on same-day revenue. Or same-day tickets for revenue. Middle of the league for ticket sale revenue during... Uh, oh, they charge more. Interesting. Nets currently rank in the middle of league uh, of the league for ticket sale revenue due to charging more per seat than the smaller market teams. But I just find it odd. And I know there was chaos this offseason. But with Durant and Irving both coming back, the Nets would be down in season tickets... Almost half. And it's probably because if you bought those tickets last year, you took a bath because Durant and Kyrie never played. And they're thinking, oh, screw that. I'm not going through that again. But 5,000 season tickets? Doesn't that seem like minimal? How many do you think Fleegs would the Knicks have total season tickets? I wonder what that is in comparison. But I always feel like the Knicks, and I know now you could get Knicks tickets. They've priced themselves out to where it used to be impossible. You have to go on a waiting list to get season tickets. But now, because the prices are so ridiculous, you probably could get season tickets if you wanted. But it's got to be more than 5000 right? I would think I mean, it is. significantly more. Yeah. I would think the they're close to or over half of what you can fit in the garden's capacity. Like I would say, which is what, like eighteen? Are we at? Yeah, the garden? I would say it's probably close to. Even though it's it not, 20, at, that right? demand's not what it used to be. I would say the demand or the number of Knicks season tickets is somewhere right around ten thousand. It's probably over, right? I mean, if anything, yeah, you might be right. Man, ten thousand season tickets. Even that doesn't seem like that many. But I guess when you think about how many seats, because you're thinking about baseball and football, when they have so many more seats, like five thousand to me is like five thousand. That's it. Evan is one of five thousand people that have net season tickets, and he's got Knicks season tickets. Yeah, it's got to be. You're right. I would say it's over. That, uh, between companies and people who just make it as an investment in case the team is good to sell them, they're ha- I mean, it's the garden. It's You, you know no matter what, people are going to go. Uh, we've been talking about it forever. People show up to Madison Square Garden. I actually would like to get my hands on some season tickets. It's oh, The problem is it's always a bad investment with them. It's always a bad investment. Even if the Knicks are good, the prices are so high, it's a bad investment. I can't go to all the games. Unless you buy every single game, you're, you don't get playoff options. It's just never – I wanted to do it with the Rangers too. It's just not – It's it's you, you get hammered when you do it. Yeah, it can only be a good investment if the team makes the playoffs or I guess maybe if you have the really good seats, maybe people do pay more for those. 
Right, but like then when I look to go to the garden, I'm not looking to sit in the tickets that are crazy expensive. So maybe those do sell. Like I found out from when we had Mets season tickets in a better section this year. Yeah, there's a lot of games where a lot of tickets go unsold, but there are people out there willing to spend more for a better seat. So maybe it's the same way at the garden. Right, but that's the problem because I don't know about you, but we're talking about, well, if I want season tickets, usually I'm looking for the more affordable ticket. I'm looking in the 200s. Right, per game, right? So you're looking at whatever it may be. You're talking about the 200 section. Correct. Yeah, not yeah. two hundred dollars. Right. Seconds. So you're looking at the you're looking at per game. Okay, well, affordable. Whatever. It used to be like fifty bucks a ticket. Now, obviously, it's not that anymore. Now you're probably looking at let's there say was 110. a time even twenty years, like coming off the end of the nineties, run into the two thousands. If you had Knicks season tickets, I know people who did. It was a great investment. That that has changed the last few years because that's why you couldn't get cat, it or just regular fan. Again, the Garden is still going to sell out, but enough people are just going to wait till the tickets drop when season ticket holders get desperate to unload the tickets. That's why. When you look at the team's lack of success over the 20 years, that's why the wait list is gone. That's why now you can get season tickets because the people who are still holding down to them as the investment, it's not paying off. At least not not if you're sitting in the you know the Chase Bridge seats, the 400s, right. the 200 level. There's just no way it's paying off because people, like I was looking at maybe going Wednesday. Tickets are still expensive. I'll decide Wednesday at 4 o'clock if a ticket price drops. It's and easy how enough to you, get into the city. How would you buy? Like, where would you buy them? Secondary Stop market. Up. Yeah. See, that's the way to go. You think? I always still just trust and like going through the team. I'd almost rather just walk up to the ticket box office and buy something right there, no fees or whatever. But you're telling me that's the best way. I know people do that now, and I have like anxiety. You know which game I'm going to go to? I think I'm going to take my nephew to go see Islanders Oilers Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. And I don't know what ticket prices are, really. I haven't looked at it. But the anxiety is like, oh, well, I don't have the tickets. I want to just get them and know that I have them. But in reality, I'm better off waiting till the day of for multiple reasons. One, who the hell knows if McDavid's going to be playing and healthy. That I'm only going to see him. I might as well wait until I know for sure that he's healthy. Two, to your point, if I wait and just walk up and go park as if I'm going to the game, what if I wait till the last second? Isn't that the way to do it now? You're probably more experienced than I am with that stuff. That's the way I've been doing it for every, I mean, outside of the Mets, my dad has the season tickets for everything else I go to. StubHub, way to go, wait till the last possible second. And you'll find somebody who just wants to get rid of their tickets. If you're monitoring it, you're on your phone, you're on the app, sooner or later you will find something. I mean, that's, you have to be willing to, all right, this isn't maybe the seat I want but I can get in and save money. If you're willing to do it that way, you'll find something. Yeah, interesting. So anyway, with the Knicks, same thing. I thought about that with the Rangers. Last year, I got burnt with the Rangers. And we'll get back to your calls in a second. I'm going on a tangent here, but we got five hours to fill. So deal with it. 877-337-6666. Last year, I was so excited to take my nephew to Ranger games. I bought opening night. I bought an Islander game. I bought another game against the Blackhawks. Rangers regular season games my whole life were very difficult to get. If you didn't get them right away, there were always limited single tickets available for single games. And if you didn't get them, you'd have to go through a broker or whatever. Or you, if they were even available, you'd have to pay a ridiculous amount. So when I saw them available, I was like, oh, this is great. Let me jump on this. Not realizing that there are tickets now readily available for any regular season Knicks or Rangers game. It's just a matter of how much you're going to pay. They're available for face value, and you could get good seats too, but it's just expensive. And the cheaper seats are usually the ones that are taken up. I mean, it's ridiculous the way that they've priced themselves out at the Garden. Well, they have, and then the world has changed, and they haven't caught on to it yet. I mean, there's so many reasons. There aren't as many people who go to, all right, I'm going to try to go to, for Knicks and Rangers, if I have season tickets, go to 35 out of the 41 home games. There are still people like that that exist but they're fewer and farther between. You'll have the guys that say, all right, I might go once or twice a year. So the demand for the tickets, at least as we get close to these games, is just not what it used to be because people will work the secondary market. They'll wait. They'll take their chances. And for a lot of games, it's you know even if I want to go, it's, all right, I'll stay home and watch it on TV, which is a great experience nowadays. I don't have to spend money to get there. I don't have to spend money on the ticket. I don't have In to spend stadium, money yeah. on food, drinks, on all of that stuff. I mean, it's just there's so much that's changed in the world and in people's lives where either they don't want to do that or they can't do that to where it's not even an option to spend the face value on these tickets and go. I think, and we went over this with the, with the playoffs. Why do you think that 
it was not sold out at City Field. I mean, there were m- multiple reasons. Or you could say the same thing, I guess, with the Yankee games. Because uh, yeah, people are saying, if I can spend money on one playoff game, if I can only, you know, if you're a, a parent with two kids or one kid, whatever, you know, you might face this in a couple years. If you have, you know, the ability to go to one game, all right, I want to save up and wait until it's a, an LCS game or a World Series game or something Think like about that it, safe for the big moment. It's gotten so bad that the Garden regular season was one learning experience, and I'm thinking, well, the renovations, it's the Knicks and Rangers, the Garden's going to be expensive, whatever. They price fans out. I never thought you would see a playoff game at City Field not sold out. And the fact that they overpriced, and I'm not saying the Mets because this is a baseball thing, the fact that they priced them out is ridiculous. So the Knicks this Wednesday, you're looking at what? Oh, the Hornets? Yeah, and, and part of the baseball, too, they priced them out. You know, if the Mets had made the LCS, I think you would have seen the, the game sold out. But they priced them out of, a, okay, here's the first of four rounds in the playoffs. People are like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not spending hundreds of dollars to go watch a playoff game where my team then has to win 10 or 11 more playoff games after that. Right, because you know that you'd have to spend more on that anyway. Dude, I'm looking at these tickets for Wednesday night. There are seats literally everywhere. Yeah, but, although, and now they're still uh, maybe in some areas more expensive than I want to see the Knicks play the Hornets at the Garden, but they're cheaper than most other Knicks home games, I want to take at least off in the immediate the, future. I want to take off the verified resale, and let's see what we got after we do that. I think the cheap, I think it was 73 when I looked earlier. Yeah, that's exactly with what it is. With fees added in. Uh, right, the $18. Oh, no, that is with fees. So it's like a $55 Right, so they used to show it, oh, it's $57 or, you know, $55. Great, this isn't that bad. Then you click it. Okay, now it's 73 I like that they show it with fees. If you go to sit, let me see. Right, show me, the, show me the number that I'm paying. Right, exactly. Give me the whole total. But, dude, this is what's ridiculous. Lower bowl, section 115, right? Good seats. You're talking like 300 bucks. Let's move it up a little bit. Let's see. two uh, Section 116. Row 21, which is kind of not center court, but just off center. 230 bucks, dude. That's with fees. What is happening here? How could that be? This is a regular season, crappy Knicks-Hornets game. A Wednesday night in October. Who in their right mind would pay three? Who would pay 250 for that? Yeah, I, I, I never understood it. The Garden might be the, the one case where it's different because New York, Madison Square Garden. But still, you can't tell me that. Listen, we know the Knicks haven't been selling these tickets for years. If they lowered the price significantly and you, got people, and you got people into the building, you're not making that money back on beer, on water, on soda, on concessions, on food, on everything. You're not making some or most of that back and just having people in the building and maybe they love the experience and then they want to come again. No, people now are just saying... Whatever, I'll watch it on TV. I have Breen, I have Clyde. Why do I need to deal with the the hassle of getting to this game? Yeah, here's the problem. There are no good options. If I look at this game and I get excited saying, oh, I want to go to the Nick game, any seat that I like is way, right. way I'll overpriced. Sit in the, I want to sit in one of the first 10 rows of the 200 section, close to center court, have a great view. It's costing me over 100 bucks to do that. No way that's worth it. And those are the seats, guess what, that are all gone. There's one section here, kind of uh, on the side, not not behind the basket, but uh, side angle, front row of the 200s. This is probably where I would look to see. Let's look to see. Let's see what this is. Section 227, row one. Not bad. 125 bucks. That's not bad. But, not terrible, but again, then you get into all this stuff, and this has happened to how many people over the years, especially with the NBA now. The Knicks don't really have the guys that this is an issue for, but when you buy, you know, people who buy tickets yeah, right. to see resting. the uh, certain opponent, uh, yeah, this guy's resting tonight. Well, why did I just drop, you know, uh, $250 on two tickets to go see the Nets, and Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant decides they're going to take the night off? Think about this. It's oh. not worth it. Like, again, I, I thought about it. Oh, the Knicks are fun. It's because I'm watching the game tonight. Now oh, the Knicks are fun. Right. That's exactly when I went on and looked at the, as Obi Toppin is the alley-oops and the dunks. Yeah, right. Let me see you what the ticket price costs Wednesday. And you see these numbers. I'm like, why on earth would I? I'd have to leave hours earlier, take the train. There's money for that. Park my car. Why on earth would I go see this game? They, I'll sit at home, watch it on TV. They make it impossible. Now, if you saw a decent seat for 75 bucks or whatever it may be or 100 bucks for a good seat, you'd go. 150 for a really good seat. Two, the, the prices are off. And this is a re, this is October basketball we're talking the, about. Uh, 200 bucks? 200 bucks per ticket to go see October basketball? 
against the Hornets, no less. And you watch that same seat for the Warriors, it'd be 500 or 600 bucks for a regular season game. Who in their right mind is paying that? Uh, obviously not enough people, and that's why the seats are available. Right. You can e- get any- even with the tourists that come in and the people that want to check out a game at the Garden, even with that, like they're doing better than any other team that has had the success of the Knicks over the last 20 years. But it's not what it used to be where every seat is going to be full in the Garden every single night, no matter what. They're still, again, going to do well, going to do better than just about anybody else. But it's not what it used to be. And we're, we're getting, it It feels like, to me at least, we're getting very, very close to this bubble bursting in all sports. I think, I think it has. You, you already saw it, playoff baseball in New York. I, I think it has. If playoff baseball in New York is not selling out, they have a problem. Somebody needs to adjust it. And this, I'd rather have clicked on this game Wednesday night and had 30 options as opposed to 300 options. And then, you know what? Oh, hey, I want to get into this game. I either got to get this seat or I got to pay X amount to sit in a good seat. But the fact that we could sit almost anywhere is ridiculous. The bubble is burst. They're off on their math, whatever their algorithms are. It's off. I hope nobody goes and shows them. It's pathetic. And I don't even think it would change if they had a good team. If the Knicks were the best team in the East, I don't think it's changing because the prices would probably even go up. Nobody's buying that or not as many people as they think are buying that. I'm with you. I would change a little bit, but it wouldn't sell. They've priced themselves to a point where they can't sell no out. None back. of these teams can in any of these sports because there are too many fans that simply cannot afford these prices. To your point, why wouldn't they just want a stadium packed and have more people in there as opposed to price gouging and trying to rip everybody off? Right. You want to grab that uh, family of four where the kid starts pointing out, I want this, I want right. the souvenirs, I want the merch, everything. You're, I don't know. I get We're not business experts. I guess maybe they have something that tells them otherwise, but we see all of these, every stadium, every sport, we see thousands upon thousands of empty seats. We can't be that wrong. No, and we're, we're definitely not. And we've been doing this for a long time. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Get back to the call. Sal Licata on the fan. 877-337-6666. Been a little mix so far today. Mostly Yankees, but we've done some Jets and Giants as well. Talking some Knicks. As the Knicks get a win in game three of their season. Two and one now on the year. Winning two straight at the Garden. Knicks taking care of the Magic. Look, I mean, it's early on. Um, but it is exciting to see Brunson lead the way as the point guard Julius Randle has done a nice job so far through three games as well, showing that uh, maybe he is an improved player again this year, back to what he was a couple of years ago. Anyway, the Knicks have a shot here to be a decent team, at least based on what we've seen so far through three games. E. Frank is calling from Astoria. What's up, E. Frank? Yes, uh, Sal, I just wanted to give a little comment in regards to what um, Aaron Boone stated, that uh, it's very painful to see this happen, uh, you know, losing the American League championship uh, like this after so many uh, strifes and pains and struggles that he had this season. Well, you know, I want to say something, you know, I think uh, in my opinion, uh, you know, um, Aaron Boone has been battling the uh, ghost and the shadow of um, uh, of the past uh, Yankee manager. Uh, and I think that maybe it's about time that maybe he thinks, uh, and I've heard uh, Aaron Boone many times over the radio, he, he does many things that are, are good for the people of the city, for the baseball team, uh, for management, but I think that maybe he should think about retiring. I, 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 He's I, not going to retire. Aaron Boone wants to manage. Why would he? Why is he going to retire? And who's the ghost? Who do you think he's being haunted by the ghost? What, what are you talking about? Joe Torre? Yeah. Uh, no. No. I've been watching this for almost nine, ten seasons. I think that there's some sort of rivalry between Joe Girardi himself. He can't stand Joe Girardi. And he's battling all the way up to his death. He even went through a heart operation, and he's still the Yankee manager. Aaron Boone does not give up. I don't understand what you're talking about. You don't understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. I think that what, are you, what are you talking about with the heart operation? I'm, you lost me there. Yeah, well, 
Well, you know, it's Aaron Boone is a, a hardliner. He actually wants to prove that Joe Girardi had no legacy with the Yankees. That's well, John, you know, he doesn't. Joe Girardi won a World Series. What do you think Aaron Boone gives a crap about Joe Girardi for? It, it, I, I noticed the pattern with uh, Aaron Boone. He's very dedicated. He doesn't give up on his players season after season. What does that have to do with Joe Girardi? Because I feel that he, I think that Aaron Boone believes that Joe Girardi was not a good manager. Aaron Boone doesn't give a crap about Joe Girardi. It's Aaron Boone's job. Joe Girardi left. That has nothing to do with Boone. How do you know that? Well, how do you know what you're talking about? Uh, well, I, I'll tell you. I mean, it's a pattern that I've seen for many seasons now. No, that doesn't make any sense. What, what makes you think Aaron Boone gives a crap about Joe Girardi as far as trying to compare himself? Aaron Boone yeah. got hired to do a job. You think he's worried about the guy who did it before him? I guarantee you he's not. It's like you're saying Common that sense. shouldn't be in baseball no more because he's been there too long. What? What are you talking right, about? You know, Tony La Russa, he's still Yeah, I know who Tony La Russa is. What are you talking about, E. Frank? Stick to the, the subject at hand here. Why would Aaron Boone care about anybody that managed before him as far as him comparing himself to them? He doesn't. He's got a job to do. He's trying to do his job. What do you, you think? I guarantee you that Aaron Boone has never thought of Joe Girardi. He's trying to go out there and think about his ball club and how he could get them to be better. I, I, you know what? Uh, you know, Joe Girardi got fired by the Phillies, and now they're in the World Series. What, what's up? What's your obsession with Joe Girardi? Okay, well, I can't prove this uh, scientifically to you, um, um, but I, I can. Well, how about you say... use some common sense for a change? All right. Well, then Aaron Boone should think about uh, his health. Then. What do you mean his health? I mean, someone who had a heart operation and is still managing like that. I mean, he, he's very dedicated. I guess. Oh my God, Efrag, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, do you? Is there a point to the call? You, you don't want Aaron Boone back, I'm assuming, right? If he can go another season and and he thinks he can do it, fine. Oh my God, I quit. I quit. <laughs> what is that, Efrag? Come on. What is that? Good God, you think he's worried about Joe Girardi? Aaron, the furthest thing, I guarantee you, I promise you. How do I know that for a fact? It's common sense. Put yourself in issues. Nobody's talking about Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi has failed miserably since he's left the Yankees. And I like Joe Girardi. And I think he got a raw deal by the Yankees. He's failed miserably since. Aaron Boone, trust me on this one, is not worried about Joe Girardi. And you want to say you want a different manager, it's understandable. I mean, and I think they should get a new general manager and a new manager. And you're worried about Aaron Boone's health issues. Aaron Boone is fine. He's not going to retire. He's shown you time and time again how much it means for him. I actually feel bad for Boone. I joke and call him a data applicator, which I believe that he is, but I actually feel bad for Boone. I want to see him win. He wears it. It's eating at him. And it's not something, you know, Aaron Boone's got a nice life. Grew up in the big leagues, you know, his grandfather, his father, whatever. He played. Now he's managing. This is something that he's trying to achieve that cannot be bought. Boone's got enough money. He didn't have to take that job. He was going to be a successful broadcaster, which he probably will be when his manager managerial days are done. He'll go back into the booth if he so chooses and can be around the game. Aaron Boone is going to be fine. But what he won't have if he doesn't get an opportunity to see this through here, what he won't have is that championship as a manager. That is... You know how rare that is? You think Boone's walking away from that at his age? No chance. And you think he's worried about anything that happened prior? No, he's worried about the task at hand, trying to do the best job that he can. Now, I don't think he's been great as a manager. As we said, we call him a data applicator. But I know that he wants it. He wants to win a World Series as the New York Yankees manager. And I think he's going to have another opportunity. I really believe there's not going to be any changes. Or at least 
based on what we've seen in years past, in recent years, with the Yankee hierarchy, why would you think that there are going to be any changes coming? I'd be surprised if that were the case. Maybe pleasantly surprised, but it can't just be one. Can't make Boone the scapegoat. It's either both Cashman and Boone, they go, or they both stay. Not one or the other. And if it's going to be one or the other, Cashman should go. Chris is calling from Beacon. What's up, Chris? All this Yankee talk is still making me sweepy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, before I get on this, I want to make a point about Judge, but quickly on this whole Knicks ticket. So I, I was even looking up, you know, like December or my birthday for to go just meet my wife and my son. It was, back then, it was still like $150 a ticket. Why do I want to spend $600 traveling to the city, food, $15 beers, where I could just sit in my house, 70-inch TV, sitting in front of the screen for free, win or lose. I'm going to go possibly pay $700 to go watch even a blowout just to watch a game. That's a good for, point, too. We weren't factoring in the fact that they could easily get blown out. Exactly. And then I'm going to be miserable. I just spend seven hours to see a team lose. Good. It's a 50-50 chance. Either way, it's going to happen. But why why waste that time when I could just sit there and watch in my house, win or lose, have my own beer, make my own nachos, sit there, enjoy myself, not have to go nowhere and sit in my house? Yeah, well, you're not – I mean, you know you're missing out on the experience potentially at the Garden. I, I'll tell you this. As somebody who went to games my whole life growing up, whether it was games at Shea, whether it's taking the train to the Garden as I became older and could do that on my own or whatever – and then I stopped for a while because I get caught up. You know, I'm in the media and I'm I'm working nonstop around sports. The last thing that I would do usually on a day off is go to a game. and I just don't have the time for it. But last year I started taking my nephew. And when I walked back into the building, I, I remember too, we dealt with the pandemic where we weren't able to go to games. When I walked back in there, I was like, oh my God, I miss this. I love it. It's sometimes it's just in you where you love going to the event, love going to the Ranger game or the Nick game or whatever, the Islander game. But at what cost? And if you do go, like you said, Chris, you and your wife, and you take your son, you're going to go, it's going to cost you. You're talking about roughly $200 each for a essentially meaningless regular season game, and exactly. that's that's before you even get in the door. It's it's in, it's way overpriced. And my wife who doesn't even care about sports. That's a wasted ticket right there. Correct. I sit, I sit there with her, you know, while she's sitting on her phone, and I'm talking about sports right in front of her for 20 minutes, and I look at her and I say, you hear me? She said, Talking to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I'm going to waste money on that. And, um, and it's only two hours. I mean, it's not like it's a you know, two-and-a-half-hour game. You know, It's not like you're there all day. I, I, think the, I think the price for the Knicks and Rangers tickets have gotten to a point where it's way over. It's out of control. Anyway, yeah, good. Well, yeah, because they're, you know, look, I'm looking for it. I'm looking at it as special cases for a birthday. They, they're pricing you out where I want, I want to go to a, even a few a year, but they're pricing so high that I'm like, oh, I'll go for my birthday. You know, they should have it where people want to go throughout the year regardless. Right. But, all right, quickly on Judge. Um, I, I said from the beginning of the year when they didn't come up with that contract that he was going to be gone. And I feel just, I feel he felt a little disrespected that the fact that they put out there the amount he turned down. And, and if you don't remember, the Yankee fans were booing him at the plate in the beginning because they felt he should have took the, the, the deal they were giving him. Right. And, I, well, then, I remember them calling, and I was fighting them off, yeah. saying, what are you, insane? Put yourself in judges' shoes. Why would you take what I felt to be a disrespectful offer? Guess what? It yeah. was. And then look at what happened even with arbitration when they owed him 17. This I know it was the previous year, but still, they owed him 17. He wanted 20, and they, they negotiated on $19 million. Like, you're negotiating then when he's having a, a really a all-star year at that point, but you're potentially have to pay him another $100 million at the, the end of that year. If you're negotiating $2 million at that point – they were never expecting to bring him back. They're like, listen, we can win with him now. We'll take it. And like you said a couple weeks ago, if they end up losing, they can just say, listen, we didn't even pay the guy yet, and we couldn't win with him. So why are we going to waste the money and pay him now? So now they have a better out not to pay him and to move on and get other players to bring him in. Because, you know, what they gonna, at this point, you know, they can just use that excuse. What else they right. But they are the Yankees, Chris, and thank you for the call. And the Yankees that I grew up hating – didn't used to operate operate like this. The fact that we're even at this point where we could talk about Judge potentially leaving says all you need to know. What? How was Judge, Aaron Judge, one of the best players in Major League Baseball, that is a homegrown Yankee, how is it even plausible that he will leave? It shouldn't even be a thought. Now, I don't think it's going to happen, but it could. 877-337-6666. Marco Belletti in here for the update. Marco, did you hear the conversation before about the Knicks tickets? Uh, I did not, know. So we were just talking about the pricing 
of mm. Knicks tickets nowadays. Remember when we were growing up, you know, the Knicks were actually good. Yeah. It was impossible to get tickets. It was, yep. Now you can get tickets for any game, any time. But, like, a Wednesday evening against the Hornets is, like, 230 bucks. It's ridiculous. For a decent seat. It's really ridiculous. How, like It's out of control. I don't know how the hell anybody goes to it, honestly. That's really what we're saying. Know. Like, well, That's why it's not sold out. That's why I could go and get them. Yeah. It's not because they're not good. That's a factor. But even if they were good, the Garden has priced itself out. The Rangers are good. I got playoff tickets last year. Playoff tickets for the Rangers at, as they went on sale. Easy. It used to be, oh, you can't get these. You need season tickets for playoff tickets right. to have access to that. I could go on a ticket match and just say, oh, 250 bucks for a ticket tonight? All right, I'll see you at the Garden. I'll, I'll go to game three, whatever it may be. How's that possible? Because they're pricing us out. I, I'm not going to deny that. I haven't been to a lot of Nick games over the years, and when I go, the tickets are free from a friend of mine that's right. in advertised because it's, it's too much. I mean, look, we work at night, so that's part of it too. But still, it's just the idea that I don't have that kind of cash. For for like You're a normal, take your son to go to the game. Five hundred bucks. I can't do it. Like I just, I don't have that kind of money. Like I'm sorry, I'd like to do it, but I, I can't. And you could sit in the middle of nowhere and be able to near, barely watch the game. I right. get it, but like even that, like it's even hard that's a hundred bucks. And yeah, you, it's it's hard to do. And you got to eat. I know you try to eat before and after yeah. and not eat there, but still. And part of it, you want to go to the game and enjoy the food. Or, right. Well, but I mean, like you want to be there, and all of a sudden you're like you're you're counting pennies. Like no, oh, no, that's I don't. What wanna, I mean. Yeah, like I don't know. You want you want to go and enjoy, enjoy yourself. It. Yeah, and that's it's gotten to the point where it's out of control, and that's Two, no good. Two hundred. And fifty bucks or two, whatever, over two hundred dollars for a regular season crappy matchup on a Wednesday night that I'd barely want to go. If somebody said, "Hey, here's two free tickets to the Knicks Hornets tonight," can you go on Wednesday? I'd be like, eh. Now, granted, you getting I, on Friday, and I wouldn't do it. Granted, but I mean, I I got a wife, I got two kids. You tell me, as we went as a family, are you do you mind? I got to remortgage my house. Like, how the hell am right, I supposed to do think that? Think about it. A thousand bucks, roughly. Are you kidding me? To I, go see, a I haven't gotten here yet. I mean, you know, like you still got to get there, whether however you're going to get there, you got to eat. I mean, there's no way I can't do that. And I hate to be complaining about it, but it's just gotten so ridiculous that you have no choice but to complain about it. This is not it's not the way that it used to be. I know nothing is the way that it used to be, but this is now gotten to a point where right, I mean, they're, look, those days are gone and they were really cool because you and I, I mean, not that we're old, but I guess we're older. Like there were times I remember being in college where it was like a Tuesday night or whatever. and We weren't working, hanging out with some friends. Hey, you want to go to the game tonight? Whatever the hell game it was. Right. It was like five o'clock. I'm not working tonight. You want to go? And you would just go and you right. get tickets. You'd be able to get into a building, whatever it was, Nick game, Yankee game, whatever it was, you'd be able to go to the game and you could somewhat afford it being 20 years old and not having a lot of money in your pocket. Right can't do that anymore you also can't just be like oh yeah i'm gonna go to the game like you can't do that i mean i look at it and i see 200 bucks per ticket it's like that's that used to be playoff stuff world series stuff. and look you're talking about 20 25 years i get that there's going to be inflation right but no, this not is like not that match. though this not is again like if you're a family like the fact that the fact that the tickets aren't sold out that's all yeah. that you need to know when did that happen? When was the last time? When did the Knicks sellout thing? When did that end? You know, it was in the good, last like three good, years. Good question. The Rangers are probably the better example because they're the better team. And the fact. Right, but that, the Knicks were selling out when they were garbage. Yeah, I know. That is true. I don't know when it stopped, but it's probably after the Garden renovated. That makes sense. Yeah, when they went. The renovation, I yeah. would assume with the renovations, and then they made everything fancy and they're jacking up the ticket prices, and mm. it just got to mm. a point where it's. And I don't remember what year that was exactly, but. It's out of control. 